Whoa, it's dark down here. Now playing Switch by Sony. Thank you so much for joining us to episode number 19 of Deep Dark Tunnel Diaries. My wow. name is Molly Tremel, <laughs> and you are Somi. You're a um, producer, songwriter, and DJ? Correct, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I see that you are... Um, are you currently in Denver right now, or you just came back from Arizona? <laughs> I know. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm in Chicago. Wait, no, I'm in Denver. Uh, yeah, so I, I, um, I am in Denver. I just, I just landed. Um, what time is it? Oh my gosh. Okay, I landed like an hour and a half ago, um, and just got to the hotel. Um, and I'll be here until Saturday. At which point I then fly to Chicago and then Arizona. <laughs> nice. It must be yeah. really hot out there. Are you like excited to come to like the barren like wasteland winter of like Chicago? <laughs> you know, so cool. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of down. Like I checked the weather forecast and it's actually not going to be like as bad as I thought for Chicago. You know, like I was I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting like 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 Arctic tundra status. But yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it seems like it's going to be not that bad. <laughs> our house community welcomes you. I know Chicago's really great in that regard. Um, with that being said, have you played Chicago before? Um, I actually have played one time, yeah. So last year, I want to say it was September, um, I played in Chicago for the first time with, um, with Dirty Disco who um, has a night at Spy Bar. So I got to play at the legendary Spy Bar. And wow, what a, like, you walk in and you can just feel the, like, house music history in there. <laughs> yeah. I saw that you're also going to Electric Forest. I'm from Michigan originally. From oh, Michigan, okay. Sort of, so, like, to me, that is, like, such a huge deal. It's so esoteric. Are you excited for your set? I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. I've never... I've actually never been to the state of Michigan, like, ever in my life. Really? Know, crazy. Yeah, like, I was going to say I've never been to Detroit, but I've also, I've just, like, I've never even been to Michigan, and I've never done Electric Forest. Um, so lots of firsts with that one, so I'm super excited. Have, have you been to Electric Forest? No. <laughs> one can dream. I've seen, like, <laughs> YouTube videos of it, but, like, obviously it's a different experience when you, like, go in person. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard wild things, um... You know, everyone always talks about how beautiful, like, all the lights are out there specifically. Um, I guess I do a lot with, like, all the forest itself and, like, hanging up a million, like, lights all over the trees so that, you know, at night it just, like, it just lights up and looks looks incredible. So I, I'm excited to, like, get out there and wander around and just, like, look at all that stuff. <laughs> that should be really yeah. magical. Um, what do you value most about the dynamic of, like, a set at a festival opposed to like a set at a like club oh that's such a good question um well you know i i mean i think that like each has like i don't want to say pros and cons like there aren't really i guess cons per se <laughs> um but um i'll say what i what i like i guess about more about each one um you know like with a club set I feel like because of the space you're in, which is enclosed, usually dark, um, and 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's lasers and cool stuff, but you know, the primarily the the atmosphere is kind of dark and sexy. Like, it just it just allows for you to kind of like take take the audience like on, on like a darker journey. Sometimes I feel like even if you were, it's not that you couldn't play the same kind of set at a festival. Like like you know, you you could, but I don't know that it would translate the same way. You know, like I don't think the storytelling would come across quite the same way as when you experience. Um, experience it at the club, and then, you know, on the flip side, at a festival, I feel like you know that's, that's an opportunity to kind of play maybe like I want to say maybe like more euphoric music, something about especially if you're playing like a, a daytime you know set, um, and it's so open. Usually, like you know, these festivals are outdoors. Like, I feel like these these bigger tracks that might maybe sound a little. A cornier, like in a club, <laughs> um, they they really shine. Like when you're when you're on a big stage outdoors and everyone's just vibing, like you know, sun shining on their faces. So, um, yeah, uh, both both are great in their own ways. I like that word that you use, storytelling. Could you elaborate on what exactly that means to your artistry, like when you're performing? Um, sure. So, you know, I, I I'm, I'm I'm sure that. Uh, most DJs will say that you know they the storytelling component of of how they put together a set or how they play decide you know what to play is 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 a factor you know in what they do but like it, it's it's something that it really I really really think about and um, yeah it's hard to pinpoint I guess what that what that means for me but I can try and explain kind of how I approach it um, so my my background is in classical music actually. Um, I uh, I studied classical piano for 17 years, and all throughout school, I you know sort of took music classes and, and ended theory and all that. And I, I was never very good at the theory part. <laughs> I, like I, I really I hated being told you know that I wasn't allowed to use certain notes in in, com- in certain combinations or that you know oh back back in the day this would have been like you know not allowed to use these kinds of chords together like that drove me crazy because I'd just be like well they sound good to me you know um (laughs) but um you know something I did take away from all that was kind of like a lot of exposure to orchestral music and sort of very grandiose long form like compositions that are also divided into like sections you know movements um and each movement kind of has its own vibe like you know not to get too nerdy with it but like you know usually there'll be like a first movement if it starts like in a major key it kind of has like a happier vibe and then maybe by the second movement it moves into like a more of a minor key which you know tends to carry with it like a sadder more melancholy vibe and um so I feel like that's kind of how, how I approach um you know my, my DJ sets is I think about them in terms of movements and I feel like uh, I, I feel like you can kind of pinpoint like three, like all my DJ sets into like three distinct parts, if that makes sense. Almost like I'm constantly subconsciously like thinking about them in like orchestral movements. <laughs> That's fascinating that you're able to do that. And I could see how that does like allude to sort of like storytelling. It's like, oh, there's like the happier beginning. And then by the middle, you know, some, there's, there's some conflict has happened, right? It's like the human... It's like the, the arc of all storytelling. You know, there, there's got to be like the, the exposition where you introduce, 
you know, who the players are and the list of characters are. And then there's got to be some, <laughs> some problem they run into or obstacle. And then hopefully there's some kind of resolution. So it's kind of like happy, sad, happy, or, you know, what have you. And so does your classical background also play a part in, like, your role as, like, a producer? Like, when you're in the studio? Hmm. Um, I'm sure that it... it, it it, it influences the way I, I write music as well. Maybe it's at this point, it's so subconscious that, you know, I, I don't think about it or realize it, but um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that there are certain kinds of like melodies and, and chord progressions that I gravitate towards um, that kind of, I guess, make my music sound like me. <laughs> and um, it's probably informed, yeah, by, by my, my studies of classical music, so. When you were like a child, how did you imagine your role in music? Wow, so as a child, I, so yeah, I, I studied piano, although I never, I never really aspired necessarily to become like, like a professional pianist. Um, that <laughs> route always just seemed like like way too intense mm -hmm. for me as much as I did love playing the piano but actually something that I loved just as much if not more was was singing um, when I was little and uh, specifically I, I used to love musical theater nice. so yeah I know I was I was basically like a big dork <laughs> that's but that's really what it was you know like classical p music student and musical theater kid like not 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 the cool kid in school <laughs> um but uh, so back then how I envisioned myself was was actually like I, I wanted to be like a Broadway star that's that's really how I initially saw myself um being uh, a part of I guess the broader like music world and it wasn't until like relatively recently um that I, I discovered the world of DJing and, and underground dance music um so yeah this uh it, it's definitely taken a, a different turn than what I <laughs> imagined when I was little but this is this this is way more fun I think you know <laughs> would you say that like you could still be theatrical when you're on stage as a DJ Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would describe my style when I'm up there as like super theatrical. <laughs> um, you know, I see videos of, of some other DJs and performers where I'm like, wow, like the energy that they're bringing to that stage right now is like, I'm like, how do they do that? Like, I don't even understand how they have the energy to, you know, pump their fists that hard and and be as theatrical as they're being. Um, so I, I, I don't necessarily bring that kind of energy with me um, <laughs> when I'm DJing. Right. You, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Um, but I do think that there is a sense, like a subtle sense of like drama and maybe maybe a little bit, bit of, of theatrics there. You know, when I, when I look at videos of myself playing, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't realize I like <laughs> move my hands in that way it's a little dramatic you know it's just like subconscious would you say that like it's more present in like the movements that you describe in yourself oh yes yes I feel like I feel like maybe the theatrics are conveyed they sort of speak for themselves in the track selection and yeah and, and, and how I kind of piece together this set it's like you can kind of feel the, the theatricalness, I guess, or the sort of a, a bit of like that orchestral nature versus versus it coming through from like my my physicality, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. I read in an interview um, 
with Electric Groove that it wasn't until you moved to LA in 2016 that you were exposed yeah. to like underground dance music. Yeah. So which types of underground scenes did you begin to like immerse yourself in at first? Um, so, yeah, like you know, like like you mentioned uh, from the article, I moved to LA in 2016, and um, I'm trying to think. I, you know, right away, basically, I was introduced to Sound Nightclub, which is like LA's premier underground uh, club for, you know, if, 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 if you're looking for a night out to listen to the best house and techno, you go to Sound Nightclub. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that counts as a scene per se, but, you know, I would say that like sound is definitely has its own like culture and its own like loyal following and like people who go there every weekend or you know go there frequently and so I feel like that was my first like like family I guess mm-hmm. or like quote-unquote scene that I you know got involved with and sort of discovered uh this this music through yeah and like here in the tunnel we really value like the concept of community and mm-hmm. what it means to like web to, like web together different niches um, how have you seen music unite groups and communities in the past through, like, your DJing? Um, wow. I'm like, it feels like such a, a big question. It's pretty big. <laughs> it's okay. uh, I mean, you know, I think that if you just kind of look around you at, at these, like, festivals where, you know, let's say dance music is is the prevalent genre... Um, and not not just you know not just in dance music festivals, but you know I, I guess I feel the most like those are the types of festivals I've been the most to. So I feel like I can speak speak to those. Um, but if you just look kind of at the demographic around you, it kind of speaks for itself in terms of like like who's who's shown up and who's there. You can just see that there's people from all walks of life, um, and it, it's it's just amazing, you know, like like like. It, you know that there are lawyers amongst you and like doctors and and you see you know asian people and you see uh, hispanic people and you see people of just all races and all walks of life there um wearing their like best rave outfits just you know leaving everything like at home and to come to the dance floor and just like lose themselves in the music and 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 and, and hang out with each other and so um yeah, I mean, I think all you know, all you have to do is go to one of these events to to see how how this music really brings different people together. You know, it's just all around you. Yeah, with like that being said, you do do a lot of like weaving together of specific genres, even in the music you produce. I've noticed. So, sure. what are your favorite genres that you like to blend? Uh, um, so, I would say that. It's hard to pick like a favorite, I guess, between whether I lean more techno or house, but I'm just thinking to like some of my productions. I feel like most of the grooves I start with are lean a little more techno. There's just something so kind of hypnotic and honestly, subconsciously, maybe it's that like, like the basic techno groove reminds me of a metronome ticking. And uh, I know a metronome is not something that, you know, I would like turn on to like listen to just in my spare time. But like it's hypnotic. Yeah. And it takes me back to like all the years I spent studying piano. Right. Like 
all those years that I had the metronome ticking to like learn how to you know stay on time and so I think there's a familiarity there and so you know techno is something is, is, is definitely a genre that like I feel like forms the basis of, of when I write music and then from there you know I love to layer on and reference from different genres like you mentioned that maybe people don't always associate with techno such as pop you know yeah I, especially with with like the vocal writing I like to try and find ways to like insert a bit of that catchiness or just that that like that pop sound it's hard to describe I, I like to try and like include some of that in, in, in everything that I do um, and blend it in a way that doesn't feel forced or too pop I guess but that kind of just like complements the minimalness and kind of like the the undergroundness of, of, of techno, if that makes sense. It does. I noticed that in your song Sparks, the extended mix, because like you'd be listening to it, it'd be like, okay, this is sort of like a techno, business casual, like refined sort of piece. And then like, <laughs> I consider stuff business casual. It's like you're listening to it in corporate building, but like, and then it starts to like embellish into like this like portal, like stuff gets like delayed and like you have like these synths added. And then it like, at the end of that transition, it sort of becomes this R&B pop piece with more elements added. And so yeah. like, I felt like that was my favorite example within your work, that you've used genre bending. Yeah, so actually, um, well, first, I, I'm, I'm so glad you, you like the song so much. Um, so Sparks was actually um, a collaboration between myself and a producer named Chris Simon. And so Chris actually did the production on that track, and I wrote and performed the vocals. Um, so, you know, I think he could probably, if, if he were on, he could speak better to the actual <laughs> pr production. But um, no, I, I love the way you described it. Yeah, like with that track um he had sent me basically a giant folder of of demos that he had um that i would you know we had talked about collaborating and i was like send me over some stuff that you know doesn't have any top line written to it yet and let's see if maybe you know we could come up with something together and um out of that huge folder literally i think he sent me 50 tracks like i, I didn't even understand how <laughs> someone had, had made that many i was so impressed and um i think i i, I listened to every single one and the instrumental for Sparks was just, it just stood out like right away. And it was like at the bottom of the folder too. It wasn't like it was at the top, you know, like it was like, I had to get all the way through like 48 other tracks before I got to that one. And I was like, wait, this is, this is it. And just, yeah, I think right away, it's like my ear picked up on maybe some of the same things that, you know, that your ear has that, that makes you like it. But it just felt like this perfect blend of, of underground, but like, kind of fresh pop elements and I don't think that he meant to like you know if I asked Chris I don't think that he would say like oh yeah I was referencing like pop music per se but it just had some of that that energy in it to me and so it 
it just instantly no pun intended sparked <laughs> like uh the, the the melody and the writing for it very quickly like uh like the track itself just like it was such a vibe that like it i i it was so easy to write to right away yeah yeah and sort of like going into your newest chapter in your artistry i love the concept of time your song of course but like just in general <laughs> like we all have the same 24 hours in the day totally so, the broader topic is how do we as artists conceptualize time? Like, how are you able to make the most of your time as an artist? <sighs> I'm like, okay, huge sigh, because I feel like that is like the eternal struggle for me. I'm sure I'm sure for, 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 for many people and not just artists, but like, especially lately, I feel that's such a heavy question, you know? I... I, I constantly lately feel like there there's never enough time in a day and I also constantly worry that I'm not um, making the most of my time and I think it's just when you want to accomplish so much um, that it, you know and, and and every day you're grinding just like somehow the time just seems to like get away from you like faster and faster um, but you know I think, I guess two two parts to answer that question. The first part will be like, I guess more practical. Um, you know, it just something that really helps me is to like every day make a list of the things I need to do like for that day. Like I know like that sounds so simple, but and there are there are some days where like you know I, I just I have a late start to the day or something and I don't get around to like quite making that list and I just I can immediately feel the difference and like the productivity and also in the sense of purpose like in that day you know um versus the days where I I do sit down and I make my my my, my, my list of things that I'm going to do for that day and then especially how I feel after like seven of those days in a row it's like suddenly I feel like wow like I look back on the week and I'm like this was a really purposeful week mm -hmm. you know so I guess like on a practical level um if you're able to like start you know on the daily and see that compound I think that helps in feeling like because yeah if you string together seven days and then you string together you know four weeks you get a month and then you know it, it just it grows and so like that's one way that you can feel like your time is being spent purposefully, you know, and, and that you're accomplishing everything that you want to do. And then I think, you know, maybe on, on a less practical answer to that is I think for artists, as long as we are constantly sort of creating and, and telling our stories, I think that's kind of it, right? Like, um, I told a friend once who asked me, like, what do you what do you think really like makes an artist? Like, what what are, what are artists? You know, it was just one of those like rabbit holes that we were going down, one of those like debates or philosophical talks we were having. And I was like, you know, if I had to boil it down to one sentence, if I could try, I was like, I think artists are just people who have specific things to say. And what you have to say might change over time, but there tends to be with each artist like something that they really care about, you know. And that, and that's usually like the through line in 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 what what drives their art and what drives like their creative output. So I think that um, as long as we spend our time, um, kind of, you know, in the name of 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 of, of chasing that and and creating around that, whatever that thing is that that we want to say, I think that's 
that's all that's all that's all we really need as artists to feel like we are like making the most of our time I think that's really important to be said you know because like especially with people that place super high expectations on themselves there's always that internal struggle like did I make the most of my day today like Mm -hmm. what can I do to sort of just like optimize my time here but like Mm -hmm. just knowing that what you're doing is enough if you are still like actively pursuing it it is okay and that it goes at your own pace totally it's like it's sometimes it's sometimes yeah I mean it's hard to to train our brains to like think this way but sometimes it's just enough to like be doing the thing you know versus to have to be doing the thing and and have xyz results come from it right like obviously you know we want (laughs) we all have goals and we want uh, the results to reflect that but sometimes yeah just the doing of it you know it's like just sitting in the studio and like making a song that day even if it doesn't go anywhere even if it's you know like nothing really happens with it sometimes it's it's enough just to be like I got to sit down today and work on music like that's that's a privilege you know that is yeah now what do you feel like wastes your time the most Oh my gosh, like, don't get me getting started. I am so good at wasting time, like literally. I I really feel like this is a big part of why I, I wrote a song called Time. I think it's like, I didn't think about it that way in the moment, but it just, it just was like, I want to write a song about, it just came out of me, but like, now this is like the therapy session. I feel like oh. maybe, I feel like maybe I was like, I was like, yeah, grappling with some things deep down in my subconscious and my anxieties with, with the way that I manage my own time. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I feel like, like everything can waste my time. Like literally it'll be like, you know, obviously social media is a huge time suck um and it's such a double-edged sword i feel for for artists these days and creatives i mean really anyone but like especially for anyone where your job is kind of you know forward facing like like we have to create content you know that's part of that's part of the machine and then so like on one hand you know you do it and you're like on social media you're like no no i'm 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 working (laughs) like this is part of my work but then next thing you know you're like you know doing the endless scroll thing and you're like oh my gosh like an hour just flew by and I've just been scrolling on Instagram again (laughs) so social media is definitely something that easily sucks my time up and um, I'm trying to think what else luckily I'm not a huge like I'm not a huge TV person Um, I, I mean I love love movies and and tv shows but what i mean by not a huge tv person is i just like don't allow myself to even go down that rabbit hole very often because once i start i can't stop so like i don't (laughs) i don't spend a lot of time during the week doing that if i did that too i feel like then that's game over like i wouldn't have any time left to do anything productive yeah what's your favorite movie though (laughs) i'm just curious oh my gosh (laughs) favorite movie wow i feel like i literally can't even think of like a favorite movie like off the top of my head right now but like i feel like i feel like right now i'm more on like the the like favorite shows vibe you know um like there's just been so much incredible stuff that's come out on television I feel even more so than like the movies the last few years like I'll say I love anything that's like dark (laughs) dark and 
a little scary. Like I loved Kingdom. Have you seen that? The Korean zombie show. I'm gonna write that down. Is that on like oh, HBO? Oh, it's on. It's on Netflix. Oh my gosh. I mean, when I tell you this is one of the best top top three TV shows I've ever seen in my life. Like number one potentially being Breaking Bad. It's, it's, <laughs> I say potentially because it's like I'm like, is it or is it? Is it, do I like Kingdom more than I like? Break- I don't know. Breaking Bad. I mean, it was just so so iconic. It's hard, <laughs> but like Kingdom is up there for me. It's like number two or three, like for sure. I'll have to definitely check it out. Yeah, we're coming close to our time, so I would like to just ask one more question. Sure. I guess something that I wanted to touch upon, which I think is really important, um, you're one of the first, like, I think you're the second or third woman that I've interviewed on this podcast, so with that being said, as being a woman in the industry, what advice can you give to the girls out there who want to pursue their dreams in music? Oh, I always get, like, like a little emotional when I think about that, you know? (laughs) Um, man... Ah, so much advice. I just had such a such a intense flashback to my like younger self starting out and just remembered so many things, you know. Um I'd say first and foremost that this is a better time than ever to be a woman like in this industry. So like don't be scared, you know. It's like I can tell you that it's it's ne- I don't want to say it's never been easier cuz like there's always going to be challenges for for us women, I feel. Um, but like, just like, don't be intimidated. Like, it, like I said, I promise this is like like as good of a time as it's ever been to be doing this. And so, do not be intimidated by what you see around you. Um, and I would say this advice for not only women but but all artists. You know, like, stick to your vision. Um, but, but like really for women stick to to your vision, because I feel like, I feel like we have confidence issues sometimes, you know, like we, we tend to second guess ourselves a lot, maybe because like, you know, we don't see tons of examples of ourselves out there doing the thing. And so it's hard to be like, hell yeah. Like, I know this is going to succeed because, you know, I can point to like, you know, 8,000 people who have done this and succeeded. It's like, I can point to like definitely not like that many right so like you know it's 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 hard to feel confident in your vision when you don't see tons of other examples of it out there yet you know but but we're changing that and so just stick to your vision like your vision is is yours it's unique it's what makes you you and do not let other people you know don't let men don't let anyone tell you like that isn't going to work or that that's silly, or that's too feminine, or that's too soft, or like you have to, you know, be any specific way, like be you, like be however you want, there's room for it all. Yeah, I don't know if that's cliche, but it's just <laughs> having having been through this now for, for the, the number of years that I have, and just, you know, having lived life as long as I have, it's, it's, it, it's just so true. Um, there's a reason I feel like, you know, you, you, you hear it over and over again to stick to your vision and don't let anyone deter you or, or, or try and change you. Um, and yeah, that authenticity and that passion, like, will, will come through. Well, thank you so much for saying that. That's really important for people to hear. Absolutely. Um, where can we find you on streaming services, social media and all that? 
Yeah, so you can find me pretty much everywhere, I guess. You know, my music is on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. I know it's also up on YouTube. If, for, for those of you who <laughs> like to listen to your music on, on YouTube, I know um, there are people out there who are into that. Um, I'm a SoundCloud and, listener. Okay, SoundCloud. yeah. <laughs> only SoundCloud. Wow, SoundCloud loyalist. My music is also on SoundCloud, so. <laughs> uh, especially, like, for mixes and stuff, that's a good place. Like, yeah. I'll say, yeah, like, all my mixes are most of my mixes are up on on soundcloud and not necessarily anywhere else so uh yeah check check all those out and on socials um again all the usual places i'm on instagram facebook twitter um and i have a youtube channel as well and my uh instagram handle is at so underscore nice yeah. Well, thank you so much for crawling down to the deep dark tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a blast in here. It was it it, it, it was nice and inviting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't dark and scary this time. <laughs> no, it was great. <laughs> well, thank you. Now playing Time by Somi.
And that was Time by Somi. You can find Somi on all streaming platforms. Are you an artist interested in being featured on Deep Dark Tunnel Diaries? Follow us on Instagram at Deep Dark Tunnel Radio for more information. Below the city lies a labyrinth of ancient tunnels and mass graves.